0: Shipping? Or not shipping, but it finally went on sale? <clears throat> yeah, I uh, I totally missed it. Yeah. I wasn't even aware that it was for sale. Well, it's so weird. I feel like they announced it so long ago. Yeah. And <laughs> still, still really nobody's touched the thing. We don't even know really what its capabilities are beyond the fact that it's able to play Apple Music, mm-hmm. which which may be a selling point for a lot
1: I mean, it's the one selling point for me. I don't need a speaker that's super high quality. I already have a decent speaker in my living room, which mm-hmm. is where I would put it, mm-hmm. and it's way cheaper than that speaker. Although it's not a smart speaker, but yeah. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot of need for a smart speaker. I want one, but not at that price point. Unless it somehow blows me away in another way that I don't know.
0: Yeah, I uh, three fifty for a very small little speaker is super premium in my mind. Yes, I um, we were kind of having issues with those cheap smart bulbs that we had, so we just went ahead and did our whole house with Philips Hue, mm-hmm. and um. Basically, I can say, you know, "Hey, Shlomo" to my phone or iPad or whatever, and just turn on all my lights and fans and stuff in our house now. Yeah, and it's really great. But a lot of the "Hey Siri" and the actual HomeKit actions need a um, a hub, so you can use an an Apple TV or the HomePod for it. Yeah, but, but for three hundred fifty dollars, it's like I can also just say you know, the Google voice command and just as easily do all the same things. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. In to you, do you think that the Apple Music integration is worth it?
1: Not $350 because I can play Apple Music through my Bluetooth speaker that I already have. I just can't do it smartly. You
0: yeah. Know? Yeah. And and also, the other thing that's, that's kind of a bummer, it doesn't have a line out. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure it's a great speaker, and I'm sure Apple did a lot of work on it, and they better have. it. it better be good after almost, what, from June mm-hmm. or from WWDC to... <laughs> February it's shipping. Yeah, and they're really hyping up the speaker
1: quality. Yeah, because they they're they're saying they have six microphones in mm-hmm. it that take in reflections from your room and then tune the the speakers to adjust to that
0: yeah. environment, which is
1: crazy. But
0: yeah, it's supposed to do it dynamically too. So it's got an accelerometer in the thing. So if you pick it up, it starts adjusting like in real time as you're moving it around. But why do you need that? It's corded. <laughs> it's right. Still
1: on. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like they will come up with
0: some other iteration mm-hmm. that would might be worth it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, or or maybe they will make a homepod mini.
1: I would like that. Something that I could connect to some speakers that I already have or even just have it somewhere else that I don't need some
0: crazy speaker, you know yeah my thing is who's the market, right? Because if you're high end audiophile, then you have some bang Olufsen something right right um and then if you want a smart assistant around your house, you've probably already bought an Alex mm-hmm. or a Google home, right So it seems like if you've got one of those two things, they're limiting their market the mm. only market that i can see is maybe maybe like the older maybe the slightly older generation that has a lot of expendable income and they don't really want to get too technical with mm-hmm. the sound and they just know the apple brand
1: right you know and it should be easy to set up because it's apple and they already have iPhones usually you yeah. know if you're going to be buying apple products like that
0: mhm
1: should be easy Transition.
0: I don't. I don't know how the thing will sell. I have. I have no. No idea. Yeah, I. I think it's also. uh I. I don't know if you saw in the news, but one, two of the big things that they touted was the fact that it had AirPlay two, and uh multi room audio. Right. So. So you can buy more of them. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I think <laughs> they're thinking is like get a six pack of them, you know, and put them all over <laughs> your house. Um, I, I do think it's kind of interesting that it came out right around tax season, which is probably smart. Mm-hmm. Um, but without the AirPlay 2 capability and the and being able to pair them together, so you, you can't even do a, a stereo pair with them and they're $350. That's That seems odd. Yeah. Yeah. The more we talk about it, the less I want it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then I feel like the... Day that I see the hardware and I pick it up and hear it, I'm going to be like, "Oh, yeah!" This unless is it's, why. it changes
1: my my life sonically, you know. I don't, yeah, I think what Google Home or Alexa should do this. They should have Apple Music on it because I would buy it.
0: I would buy it in a heartbeat. Do you think that Apple is hurting? Um, their Apple Music subscriptions by not making native integrations for those platforms, or do you think it's that they're more focused on selling the hardware for the HomePod? Definitely the hardware. Um, that is kind of their
1: bread and butter. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although, as we'll talk about
0: later, software is becoming more and more important. I guess. Yeah. In their mind. Yeah. And- and we'll get there, but there's there's one more thing I wanted to address before we before we get there, and and that's all this all this FUD about iPhone 10 sales. Uh, mm. Just how, how do you how do you feel about your
1: iPhone?
0: I love it. Yeah, I don't have any any issues with it. Yeah, and and I feel like every day I see. More and more of them out in the wild. Yeah, right? yeah. You see that little notch mm-hmm. over someone's shoulder. Yeah. So, you know, we've got the Wall Street Journal saying that Apple is planning on slowing down production, and that they've uh, stopped buying as many components and stuff. And then, yeah. you know, there were the there were the earlier rumors that the iPhone 10 was going to uh, cease. Production this summer, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's arguments
1: to be made that like how like if they can't come up with something significantly better than the ten, then whatever new device comes out is going to be kind of still under the shadow of the ten because the ten is going to be cheaper than whatever they come out with. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. Well. I think whenever Apple does a significant refresh, right? So, like when they went, or or just think about the first iPhone, they only made that model for one year Mm -hmm. because it was when you took it apart, it looked a little janky inside, right? And it was significantly more expensive for them to make that Mm -hmm. than the 3G or 3GS body style. And then I think the the next um, maybe logical separation. They have like the four. They kept around for a second year, mm-hmm. so they sold like the four S and the four, and that was like a, a body style change. Well, when they got to the five, the black iPhone five had a lot of like scratching issues, mm-hmm. and also they wanted to continue that phone, but they wanted to create some some uh, you know price separation. So they put the guts of the of the five into the. 5C and made the 5S so that they could keep those prices, Mm -hmm. like sell last year's phone at the same price. I honestly think that what Apple will do, and this is pure speculation, obviously I I haven't heard from my sources on this. (laughs) Your inside sources on Apple. Yeah. Tim hasn't called me (laughs) up or anybody. But I think what they'll do is they'll do away with the stainless steel band. Basically, they will de-beautify the iPhone 10 and there will be some version of it that maybe is, has an aluminum band. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe it has an LCD display rather than an OLED. Like there's all these kind of aspirational components that they can take out and make a cheaper, more easy to produce. Right. Mass market model of the same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think all this, all these rumors and stuff, yeah, they may be ramping down production for this model. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting rid of the design. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I just think it's there's just I think people have parts of a story, right? And then they come up with an article that's yeah. kind of a clickbaity headline that doesn't actually reflect what's going on with the supply chain mm-hmm. or how they're moving into the next year.
1: And as we've discussed on previous episodes, rumors in Apple are, you know, hand in hand.
0: Yeah. And they're also a dime a dozen. And I think that there's a lot of misreporting.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes all across the board for any topic in journalism.
0: So hardware, hardware rumors are fun, but... What I think is more interesting is software. Yeah. What you do with the hardware. Yeah. And I think we're at a point where I think we need to have a deeper discussion about platforms and yes. where they're going in the future. Yes. With the rise of of mobile, it spawned a whole new Developer ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that the desktop operating systems are becoming kind of more of a of a legacy. It's more of on the back burner.
1: Yeah, of, of developers' minds, I would assume.
0: Yeah, and and I mean, like Google, for example, they have to be selling more Android phones than Chromebooks, right? Right. I mean when you think I mean, I don't know, maybe in the education sector, they're selling a lot of Chromebooks. I think that's where they're pushing it. And I, I know Microsoft has been trying
1: to come up with like a cheaper, more portable, like laptop
0: that schools can use like that. Yeah. And I I think that where Microsoft failed, right? I think that they probably actually had something good going with the metro design language mm-hmm. that you saw. And Windows Phone, yeah. Oh, I, I love. I think I have it in this drawer still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you used that for a long time. Did you ever use a crossover product that was like where they got to with Windows Ten? You were gone no. before that. So I, I, I never had a
1: Windows Ten PC. I mean, I have Windows Ten at work now, but you know, I don't have Windows a Windows Ten phone anymore. So, mm. or I guess it wasn't Windows Ten when I had it. But I mean. The mobile version of of Windows for at least for the phone. I ne- I never had like a tablet or anything, but it was great. Really fluid. Made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think there's a couple reasons why it didn't work out for Microsoft. And I, I think it's because a they were late on mobile. So yeah, they, they were very late. Yeah, so they were late. So they didn't have the They didn't have the developer support, right? They should have been in long ago. Yeah. And I think that started from the hubris of Steve Ballmer, who was laughing off, who's going to pay $600 for a phone? Like, you know, there were some mistakes from the very top. And also, so I think they were coming at mobile late. They didn't get their developer story completely hammered out. And then because of that, they just have so much... Weight behind the the legacy side of Windows. Yeah, well, they have a huge enterprise. Yeah, following, and even
1: predating Windows 10 or Windows 8 or mm-hmm. you know Windows 7 is still
0: huge mm-hmm. in a lot of a lot of businesses. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> Well, and and Windows 7. I mean, I mean I have I have a work PC that I don't have to use every day, but that one I do too is running Windows 7. <laughs> yep, I do yeah. too. Um so I think the deal with Microsoft is they could never get the developer story right. And they didn't have the hardware chops to make a compelling mobile platform and and I'm not trying to disparage the Windows ecosystem. I think that some of the things they're doing with their Surface Computers are, are are kind of beautiful and nice looking, yeah, right. But at the end of the day, they are still building their software on the on the back of somebody else's hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, they may be divide- designing their own hardware, but they don't have like a chip fab, right? They're not like making their own silicon, right? Well, there's all these rumors swirling about that Apple is going to bring um ios and mac os together like you're going to be able to develop cross platform mm-hmm. which would be great
1: i think i mean you can already see that functionality in other apps like uh, lightroom I'll, yeah. I'll load in photos into lightroom on my computer and i'll go to the coffee shop and edit on my phone yeah same app and yeah it's instant because of, of the cloud
0: yeah, and, and and you know, one, one thing that Microsoft has really gotten right is the Office suite. I mean, it's it's highly mobile and portable on whatever device you're on. And I think that because Apple got the mobile developer side of it right, yes, and they were building on 30 years of macOS developers as well, right? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they have their hardware, you know, pretty much second to none. But... A few years ago they bought a chip manufacturer. And because they have that ARM license, they're now making processors in, you know, a generation old iPad that are faster than Intel chips. Like the yeah. N series of chips that they're putting in the MacBooks. I think they switched them over to, to core processors now, like mm-hmm. they're running i5s. But they were using like M5s and M7s, which are like a low power mode. That were just nowhere near as powerful as Apple's chips. Mm -hmm. So I think that what will happen is, because they have that huge advantage, they'll start running x86 applications in emulation on ARM chips. And I think the initial investment will be in making powerful ARM processors. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that that's where it will go, or I can see it going
1: that way for sure. I'm not totally sure what exactly the the main benefit what is is their main goal. I guess is what I'm trying to say is like what is what are they aiming at with yeah. this? Are they do they have something else that they're trying to
0: yeah come another, up with? Yeah, another interesting thing is so which way does it go, right? Does iOS become a desktop operating in the sense that maybe we could see like a new form factor, like an iOS laptop?
1: Yeah. That'd be more more like the Chromebook-esque, like not as full-fledged, I guess. Well, I don't want to say not as full-fledged because I would assume they would want the full functionality of a desktop, but the usability of your iPhone or your iPad.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's like the it's like trying to get the the desktop paradigms into your iOS application and then making that scale across both platforms. Mm-hmm. Because using a windowed environment is much different than using a, a single screen application.
1: Do you think there will be people that wouldn't want that or do you think there will be do you, do you think there will be a division of people that want more of a mobile. I mean, I guess the younger generations might want more of the iOS mm-hmm. um, usability as opposed to a Windows environment.
0: Well, I think that there are. <laughs> I think that many in our generation, and especially the generations after us, they only know mobile. Like, so. I come at this from a very like desktop, centric mm-hmm. like windowed world, yeah, right? Me too. Like I find myself to be far more efficient with a computer because I think it's the fine detail of having. There's a lot
1: more nuance
0: in it. Yeah, and, and having a pointer,
1: yes. like having a pointer, is super you, key. And I love having control. <laughs> yeah. More control, the better. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the stuff that you could do in a windowed environment. Right now on iOS or another mobile operating system is kind of hidden.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you can't really have as much control over the system as you can with keyboard and mouse. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And 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 I think it's um I think the fact that you cannot make an iOS application on an iPad is odd. You know, I mean it's just that in my mind, I think that's when you know you've crossed the threshold into being um, a full-grown operating system. Right. I don't know what the direction is. Like, are they are they going to say, okay, now you can develop macOS apps that run on iOS, or are they going to run now your iOS app runs on macOS, or is the point Completely, just uh, a nuanced non sequitur. Like it doesn't matter because ultimately they're just going to converge and be one thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, time will tell. And you know, Apple, Apple, and Microsoft aren't the only people that are that are heading in this direction. Yes, I found an
1: article on ours. Uh, yes, and it someone has, I guess, one of them. Work there, they uh they have a working well, mostly working semi working, yeah, semi working uh installation of fuchsia on a pixel book,
0: yeah. And what fuchsia is, well, you can you looked into more of that, I think, than I did, yeah. So, I think what I think what makes this interesting is the fact that okay, so Google has Chrome, they have Android, right? And Fuchsia is kind of their next generation merging of those two things, right? And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of my base level understanding of this. Yeah, and it's it, looking at
1: it, so in the demo, he has it on a Pixelbook, but he can switch it to look like a phone or just the full screen of the Pixelbook, so desktop yeah. or mobile, and it's the same it's the same operating system.
0: Yeah, so obviously he's kind of using he's using that um that hardware to kind of display both those UI metaphors, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah. And a lot of it doesn't work, but uh we'll have we'll we'll post this article cuz it's it's got a video in it too and a lot of pictures, but it's it's kind of weird. It's very fluid, a lot of swiping up. Yeah, which I'm used to now. Uh huh. There's a central button or icon, I, I guess, does a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, is that like? It, oh, oh no. You know what? I think that's Google Assistant. I think it's kind of like based around Google Assistant as the core of this OS, right? Right. That's right. So, I mean,
1: being Google, they want search to be in a big part of.
0: Yeah, everything. Yeah, and I, th- I think even more so. Bread. Assistant, I think that's kind of where they're taking everything, right? Which isn't a bad idea, I guess. So, one thing that really intrigues me about this, and it's weird, we're having the software discussion, but it kind of goes back to the hardware, right? They have this Pixel Book, which is kind of like how how we mentioned maybe an ios laptop right but they've already made that Mm -hmm. so they have this great uh both touch input and you know like pointer input all in one device and i think that that hardware is what's so key and what enables you to to make um convergent platforms. So maybe even though software is eating the world it's still there's still like well you need both to yeah. be
1: to be great, you know.
0: Yeah, you have to develop your hardware. And I think that moving forward we're going to see more capable hardware that's we may see some kind of weird hybrid stuff that it's like better better than the uh
1: what is the the yoga one that flips yeah. over.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like Windows with tiny touch targets. It's it, it's they're gonna make larger touch targets on these touch screens, and I I really think it's gonna be the touch screen hardware, maybe in the desktop form factor that allows you to bring those platforms together.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm curious what this means for Android.
0: Yeah. You know? Does Android go away? Does Chrome go away? I think Chrome is the name of an application. So I I feel like. It does, at the end of the day. I think I think they will have to come up with a new name, and Fuchsia is definitely just, you know... Right. It's a prototype name. And they, they like their prototype names. Yeah. And... If I there's mean, no
1: more food names, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> I think they won't get... I mean, they won't get rid of Android, because look how many phones have Android on it.
0: Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's such a commodity.
1: Right. So... They can't get rid of Android. They're not going to get rid of... Well, not at the low end, right? Right, right. But I think they want to have their own, something that they can own. You know, something they've built from the ground up, like iOS, that they can kind of integrate better into their own hardware, which they're making now, which is apparently really good. I've not used any of the uh, Google, the Pixel. Um,
0: well, pixels. Well, you know what i I think I think that Google and Apple are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to leverage their mobile developers. and um, Apple is trying to do that to bring more people to developing for the Mac. And I think on the Google side, they're trying to have an operating system that has local applications in a desktop or laptop environment. Because they found that, yes, the web is great, and, and HTML5 is great, mm-hmm. and all of that is great. But sometimes you need a local app because you're working with a movie file or or yeah. an audio file or something. Mm-hmm. And you really need to be able to manipulate that with fast ho- software that's taking advantage of the local hardware. And it's Google's not there yet.
1: Yeah. It's always exciting to see a new OS, you know?
0: Yeah, and... I just think it's fascinating that both of these companies are coming at this at these, I think, different problems trying to leverage the same set of developers. They're kind of in different spots. What Google has is machine learning and AI, right? So so they have this huge uh, they have this huge step forward in like in like uh, just pure like understanding and being able to put data sets together and know about you and converge all that information and apple has all that native experience and i i honestly and, and the hardware chops right like google's hardware is still new right and, yeah. and and it's also cool because it's kind of whimsical like if you look at the pixel and it's got like the orange button on the panda phone though mm-hmm. the white and black yeah uh pixel XL, I, I i think that stuff's really great and i think apple sells so much hardware they're not able to do that stuff right um so I think it's going to be really interesting over the next couple years to see where these platforms end up, and if we're going to slim down from from you know four main operating systems, meaning Chrome, macOS, Android, and iOS, and maybe in the future we'll have two, mm-hmm. and you'll have the Google platform and you'll have the Apple platform. You see any downsides from that? The the biggest downside that I can think is that by trying to be everything to every platform, you don't get the advantage of developing down to the hardware and really taking advantage of it. Like, because if you're just porting your, your iOS app to the Mac and you're not building in multi-window support, then I think that's really a bad experience from the desktop side. Yeah, and and for me, I don't want that to go away. <laughs> right, I, I want to use my Windows and my file system and all that kind of stuff. Well, I would assume that
1: it's it would be a gradual. I think it would be a gradual change. Like the, they wouldn't uh,
0: get rid of all that you hold dear in the yeah. in the windowed world. Yeah, and 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 you know there there have been some some major improvements. Uh, we use the Office 365 suite of applications at work. And recently OneDrive was updated for to take advantage of the files app. And moving files in that one location on the iPad and being able to use multi-touch and drag between those those different cloud storage types. It's super convenient.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's I think it's a better a better interaction paradigm than than in any of the other ways I've interacted with iCloud or, or OneDrive. So I, I think there is a lot of potential there to bring some of those iOS-e concepts to the Mac, but then there's a lot of the Mac concepts and desktop concepts in general that I think it's important to maintain.